Welcome to the Law Firm Growth Podcast, where we share the latest tips, tactics, and strategies for scaling your practice from the top experts in the world of growing law firms. Are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jan Roos. And I'm here uh, with, this is actually kind of one of the first of its kind. So I'm here with a good friend of mine, Tom Boris. And Tom is, we'll let him get into a little bit more of the details, but he is the Boris of Shields and Boris, which is a super successful integrated estate planning practice based out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. But Tom's a good friend of mine. We have been chatting quite a bit over these last few weeks because he's launching a coaching program, which is really interesting. But we were having a couple of talks and I was like, you know what? It would make sense if we started hitting the record button on these, because I think there's a lot of insights that are happening here that could be really, really helpful. I think immediately specific people who are running estate planning practices, but also in general, the way that he's been running his practice is fascinating in terms of just, I think one of the things that Tom does the best is help or he's, he's built a practice that moves up the value chain in a way that is both more lucrative and better from a positioning perspective than his competitors. So anyways, that was probably an overwrought introduction, but Tom, thank you so much for coming on the show, my friend. Uh, Jan, thank you for having me. I mean, <laughs> I tell you what, this is uh, an honor and a privilege to be on your podcast. I can't believe I've made it on. <laughs> <laughs> you just been told I like that. Okay. Well, um, thank you again for coming. And so just for everyone who uh, isn't familiar with you, let's uh, how uh, let's let's have a go see if we can get a brief inter- uh, overview about how you ended up, you know, getting to where you're at with the practice. Okay. So quick snapshots. Again, my name is Tom Boris. I live just outside of uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Just a brief background. I've lived here pretty much my entire life. I went to uh, did my undergrad uh, studies at Washington and Jefferson College, went to uh, law school at Duquesne University School of Law in uh, downtown Pittsburgh. And, um, you know, probably about a little over 20 years ago, I started to practice as a sole practitioner. And to be honest with you, um, my wife, her name is Stephanie. She's an incredibly smart lawyer. We met technically in law school, but not in law school. That's a whole story I don't want to get into on the podcast. But the bottom line is she graduated a year before me and she got a great job with a top four accounting firm. So she had this amazing job. She was doing quite well. And basically when I got out of law school, I had the opportunity and full disclosure, I worked my way through law school as a certified paralegal. And when I got out, you know, I, I knew everything about, uh, you know, the, not only how law firm runs, but, you know, I knew how to, you know, practice law. So I had an opportunity to work with a larger firm in downtown Pittsburgh. And, but I asked my wife, I said, Hey honey, you know, do you mind if I start my own practice? And she basically said, Tom, look, you got one year to go make some money. And if you don't make money, you got to go get a real job. So, you know, I owe Stephanie a lot and I appreciate her support because that year has turned into over 20 years. And, you know, originally I was a sole practitioner and I fell into estate planning and elder law. I didn't know a thing about it. And this will tie in uh, to how I met my business partner, Jim. But I remember it was towards the end of my first year, probably around the 10th month of my practice. And I was reading a newspaper and I was reading classified ads and whatnot. I'm like, I may, I may have to get, get a real job. And I stumbled across this ad that there was an organization looking for a non-experienced estate planning elder law attorney to give referrals to. And I'm like, Eureka. I'm like, <laughs> I said, I gotta check, I have to check this out. So called the company, I interviewed with the company, and then they told me 
after they hired me, they said, well, hey, Tom, look, you know, you have to go through some training and we're going to introduce you to an attorney. His name is James P. Shields. And I said, okay, that's cool. So I pick up the phone, you know, the phone rings and, you know, the, it was answered. And then, hello, this is Jim Shields. I said, oh, Mr. Shields, hey, my name is Tom Boris. And I was told by so-and-so to give you a call for training. He said, training for what? And I tried to explain. He said, I know nothing about this. And he <laughs> hung up the phone on me. Well, I get a call back, you know, the next day from Jim. And he's like, hey, Tom, I understand what's going on. And I'll train you. And for the record, Jim, he was a sole practitioner as well. And in Pittsburgh, there was a major highway, I-279, that divides two towns. He was living in Westview. I was living in Bellevue. And so he was on the opposite side of the highway. And what this organization was doing was they were going around and they were giving presentations to the general public and trying to educate them about wills and trust and also some financial planning at the end of these meetings. If anyone wanted a free consultation, they would then refer these people out. So, you know, Jim was already uh, working with this organization, but he was booked out, you know, two, three months in advance. People didn't want to wait that long. So they brought me aboard. But anyhow, Jim took me under his wing and started to, you know, teach me and train me, you know, in, in estate planning and elder law issues. And basically over time, I think it was about nine months later, Jim had, you know, he had left the organization and started to do his own seminars and and he actually became partners with uh, a close dear friend and colleague of ours. His name is Greg Miller. He actually uh, runs Guardian Capital. That's our money management company. But Jim and Greg started to go around doing these live seminars. And it's probably about nine months after that, Jim gave me a call. We went out to lunch and he said, hey, Tom, you know, instead of us competing against one another and we had become friends, he said, why don't we partner up? And I said, hey, that's a fantastic idea. And lo and behold, you know, 20 some, you know, 20 years have gone by you know, in a flash. I don't know where the time has gone, but, you know, we came a long way in 20 years because, you know, at first we actually would do house calls, would meet people in their homes. And we have clients all over Western Pennsylvania. And I don't know how many, you know, that are watching this know Western Pennsylvania, but we have clients as far north as Erie. We have clients as far south as like Greensburg. We have clients as far, you know, east as probably State College. So we were traveling two, three hours to meet with people, doing anything to, to help people, number one, but also we were running a business. We, we had to try to make some money. And then over time, you know, we grew our practice from just doing basic estate planning, you know, with the wills and revocable living trust. And then we eventually evolved into doing more elder law, asset protection planning, Medicaid planning, blossomed into doing financial planning in terms of life insurance, annuities, long-term care insurance, money management. But again, it didn't happen overnight. It's taken us 20 years to get here. I'm just so blessed and so thankful that, you know, the good Lord had, number one, let me meet my wife. Number two, let me meet, you know, Jim and Greg. And, and over the years, I've had, you know, many, many coaches and mentors. And, you know, I could rattle off names, but would be here for, you know, a long time. But, you know, I'm very appreciative of everyone that helped me become as successful as I am today. And look, and I'm thankful to you, too. I'm, I'm so grateful that I met you. You're incredible. Pace Fuel's amazing. It's awesome. But that's a little bit of the background. Hopefully I didn't go into no, too much detail. Perfect. No, no, that's awesome. And then just as far as like a snapshot of where the business is at today, like you guys are on track for a record year so far, but where uh, where's the situation look like 20 years later as far as the size of the organization you guys are running right now? <laughs> I mean, it's, look, it's light years ahead. I mean, look to where I started as a sole practitioner. I mean, my first year, I don't think, I mean, I may have made like 10 grand or 20 grand or something yeah. like that. I did. Talk, I told Steph, I'm like, look, I made money. You know, I, just had to, 
<laughs> she didn't tell me how much money I had to make, but I, <laughs> I made a little bit of money, but now we're well into, you know, the uh, seven figures on pace here for a record high year. It's a slow process. Again, it didn't happen overnight. And, you know, it's still, you know, a daily, I don't want to say struggle, but, you know, it takes effort to, you know, generate, you know, the business to generate leads and to keep moving forward. And I mean, now we have a practice and let me see, we have, including myself, Jim, Stephanie, we have two other attorneys, Glenn and McKenna. And then we have, let's see, one, two, three, I'd probably say about another so maybe 11 or 12 staff members uh, now, mm-hmm. paralegals, legal secretaries. We have three offices, and that's just due to geographic issues here in Pittsburgh. It's, you know, we're, for those of you that don't know, Pittsburgh, we, we have a lot of rivers and uh, tunnels. And it just seems that even though we live here in this area, you'd think people would be comfortable going through tunnels and crossing over bridges, but that's not the case. So, you know, we have, we have an office in the north of Pittsburgh, an office in the south of Pittsburgh, because again, People in the north don't want to go south. People in the south don't want to go north. And then we have an office uh, towards the west. And so it works for us. And But that's just the way it has to be. But again, we have come a long way. Uh, again, financially, it's it's been a, an amazing ride. Yeah. I want to point out something, too, for the listeners as well. And, and this is something I've, I've mentioned a couple of times in the podcast before. There's people that I've met, believe it or not, that have basically had the same year that you had your first one, Tom, just, you know, and, and been at this for the same amount of time. And this is a really good, I forget who told me this, you know, but there's like, you know, some people will have a 20 year career and some people will have the same year 20 times. And the comment that you made, which I think is really, really important to point out is that it's, uh, you know, every day is a new challenge. And the thing is that every day is a new challenge. If you're growing, every day can be very comfortable if you want to be staying steady or, or declining, right? But it's the fact that you choose to keep looking for the next thing and to push yourself farther, I think is a big part of what's made your success so far. Quite honestly, yes. And one of the things that I will tell you is that, how can I phrase this? I mean, it, one of the things, I, again, I'm very grateful. I'm very blessed. And quite honestly, if Jim and I and Shields and Boris never grew any more than what it is today, I would be living a very comfortable lifestyle, very happy. I know Jim is already thrilled. I don't want to speak for Jim, um, but I think he would permit me to say this and, and that he never thought that he'd be living the lifestyle that he's currently living. You know, for, but for me, though, I mean, I'm of a mindset. I just want to preface this by saying that I'm not greedy in any way, shape or form, but I, I'm just extremely motivated. There's a certain lifestyle that I want to live and I haven't reached it yet. And it, it's always about me driving to do better. Look, I'll, I'll just be blunt. You know, I want a G5. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I want a private jet. I, you know, I want multiple Lamborghinis, Ferraris. I want my, you know, mansion in Turks and Caicos. That's, that's where my wife and I, one day will, we will retire and live there. We do vacation there a lot, but the point being is I'm not to that level yet. You know, if I get there, that would be wonderful. That's my drive. That's, that's what I want to do. And that may not be for everyone. I mean, and, and one of the things that, you know, that I found it's unfortunate there are a lot of estate planning attorneys out. They may not even make six figures a year, you know, or it's real close, maybe slightly under, slightly over, and they're stuck in this rut. But a lot has to do with mindset. I mean, you know, if you want more, you have to, you know, vision yourself. And I, I'm into this <laughs> manifestation kick yeah. right now. And actually, yeah. you know, years and years ago, one of my, and again, Jim will, uh, you know, he'll uh, admit this as well. We, we had a coach and he had me write down on a piece of paper. And this is before we even broke, you know, the uh, seven figure mark. But he said, 
you know, write down on a piece of paper, why was it so easy for me to make 83,800 and, you know, $88 and, you know, whatever, 88 cents and, you know, this month, write it on a piece of paper, carry it in your, in your wallet or in your pocket every day. But in the morning, when you get up, go to the bathroom, open up this piece of paper, read, you know, read this statement, drink a glass of water, then go about your day. And lo and behold, to be honest with you, a short time thereafter, we start making, you know, seven figures a year. Now, it, it required effort and it was more to just <laughs> yeah, a little more than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was step I one. Mean, if it was that easy. If that was that easy, I'd write down on a piece of paper. Why was it, why was it so easy for me to make a trillion dollars this month? You know, <laughs> yeah. but it, it's not that easy, but the point being is you have to believe in yourself, believe in what you do. And it does take effort. You have to take time, energy and effort, but you know, you have to be willing to take risks. And the point being is Jim and I, we have we have tried all different types of marketing schemes and strategies, and some were a bust. One I can remember, I'm not going to mention any names, but the company was, I thought it was an amazing, amazing way to try to generate people to come to seminars. And we probably dropped, I don't know, close to eighty or $90,000. And at the time, this is when we were young and just starting out, and it almost bankrupt us. But the only good thing that came of that was, you know, we paid like eighty dollars or $90,000 for our firm's logo. So for those of you who go on shieldsandboris.com, you can see you can see what we paid like eighty or ninety thousand dollars for. But yeah. <laughs> but again, it's just a matter of yeah, you you have to try new things. And if we would have just stuck with doing basic wills and trusts, I mean, no, I I wouldn't be in the position that I am today. We had to grow, we had to expand, and that's why we do what I call comprehensive estate planning. Um, you know, but. Yeah, I think Again, that's a perfect think- segue to you, Tom, because I was curious. And like, I think one of the, the key things too, and one of the, uh, we talk about this a fair amount on the show as far as when you have the ability to get a, and this is just super basic, like you can go on Shark Tank, every single shark is going to ask this question. What's your customer lifetime value? What you guys have been able to do over the years by really advancing the level of both the estate planning and kind of building stuff in the office, uh, into the offer rather, um, you you have a situation where it's both unique and it's it's higher billing for you, which I think is fantastic. So let's kind of talk about and this, you know, also coincidentally is one of the things that I think you know you have a lot to share about with this comprehensive estate planning pros solution. So let's kind of talk about that as a whole. So how did you guys over the years think about adding these services and what's it done for the practice since you've added them? Well, I tell you what, here's what I will say. We believe that in the number, it can vary depending upon the the client and the presentation, but Essentially, you know, when we first started, it was about what, you know, helping people with the passing of a loved one. Okay. Somebody passes away. We're going to help them. Hey, how do you get through this process? And actually that's how our firm started was that in Jim's last year of law school, his mother passed away and everyone turned to Jim to say, Hey, Jim, you know, what do we do? Well, Jim was in his third year of law school and in law school, you know, they only teach you how to read and write, but you know, they don't even show you where the courthouse is, but you know, Jim had to turn and rely on an attorney that was close to the family who helped guide the family through that tragic loss of his mom. And that's what prompted Jim to, you know, get into estate planning. But, you know, after we partnered up, we quickly realized that it's not about just dying. I mean, it's about living and heaven forbid, what if you live too long? And I, you know, and what I mean by that is, you know, today we're living much longer lives, but that's not always a good thing. Why? Because as we get older, a lot of people develop health issues. You know, and right now, if you look at statistics, you know, 70% of the people that reach age 65 end up needing some type of long-term care and support in their remaining years. So, I mean, that's just, that's a horrific number. 
so we quickly realized that, hey, it's not about dying. It's about living too long. So how do we help people, you know, to deal with these issues? And, you know, we say, hey, there's these problems of guardianship, probate, you know, and, and a lot of the listeners to your podcast are going to be familiar with that. That's, you know, you find guardianship issues and probate issues in every state. But, you know, sometimes there's tax issues in Pennsylvania. We have this Pennsylvania inheritance tax. You know, we have this new IRA death tax. We have long-term care loss. We have loss of income. We have, you know, market loss. I mean, you have all these problems that, that are bombarding the families. And um, we said, well, hey, look, we have to try to, you know, tackle this. And look, we just didn't jump in all at once to say, oh, yeah, we're going <laughs> <we're gonna> to do all <laughs> this at one time. And again, this was a progression over a period of 20 years, because at the beginning, it was just about what, you know, setting people up with power of attorneys to avoid guardianship. And how do we avoid probate? And we were, you know, preparing a lot of revocable or revocable living trusts. And that was, you know, our bread and butter, I would say, probably for at least about the first, you know, three, four, four years, maybe five years. And then, uh, you know, we said, well, hey, look, there's a little bit more to this here with long term care issues, start getting into, you know, how to protect assets from long term care. And then obviously, we were blessed and had the, the, the opportunity there to, to be working with Greg on the financial side. And you know, Greg did uh, take me under his wing to teach me more about the financials and, you know, where, where I made a mistake. And, and I always, I mean, you could ask my wife, I hate admitting that I've ever done anything wrong uh, or made a mistake. And, but where I made a mistake was, you know, I'm the type of person in my personality, I have to know everything about something before I give it my blessing and before I'm able to do it. And, and so, for example, when I first met Jim, and he was teaching me about just the basic revocable living trust. I think I was like in my first 20 appointments or first 30 appointments, I don't think I sold anyone. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it, was because, and it was, wasn't because I, I couldn't sell, but I, I didn't believe it. And I was concerned. But after, you know, I became more comfortable, you know, with, with the revocable trust, then I just, you know, a light clicked. I'm like, okay, well, this is actually a good thing. It's something different than what they teach us in law school, but this is legit and it works. Um, but then I wish, however, though, that I would have, probably listened to Greg uh, and, and gotten involved in the financials sooner than I did because I'd even be more advanced to, you know, to where I am today. But finally the light bulb, you know, slowly and surely it clicked. You know, I learned about, Hey, what annuities are, you know, what's the importance of life insurance? You know, what about money management then? Um, and at one time, even before becoming a lawyer, I thought I wanted to be, you know, uh, a broker or a money manager. And I'm so, so glad that I didn't go, that direction. And the reason being is, you know, for, and, and this is nothing against financial advisors, but typically these financial advisors, you know, come out of school, you get a job, you go into these large financial institutions, and then they teach you how to do it their way. And what I found over the years, I don't think their way is the best way, you know? And again, I do believe that 99% of whether it's attorneys, financial advisors, insurance agents, doctors, engineers, look, 99% of professionals out there are trying to give the best advice they can provide. But, you know, what is that based upon? Their knowledge and their experience. And, you know, and if an advisor is taught by this financial institution, this money management company, what are they about? I mean, these companies want to make what? They want to make money. So, and if you ask the question, where's the fiduciary responsibility? Well, as a lawyer, you know, my fiduciary responsibility is to who? It's to the client. But if I'm a broker, if I'm an insurance agent, you know, my fiduciary responsibilities to myself or the company. But the bottom line is, after I, I'm just so thankful that I've learned how to do what I do today 
the way it happened because I think the and again I truly to my core believe how we advise our clients is the best way on the planet. I don't think there's anything better. And and I know that my ways, you know, I'm not the only one that plans for clients this way. I know there are some other professionals who I've met over the years that have the same belief system. But again, it's it's just a matter of doing what's right for the client and, you know, forgetting about what's best for the company or for, you know, the, your bottom line to make money. Yeah. I want to bring something into, because this is kind of a, this is sort of a behind the scenes fact that I, we didn't actually speak to it at any point in this interview. Stuff. But within the case of a program, Tom is notorious for having one of the highest close rates of, of anyone who's ever gone through it. And it shouldn't come as a surprise because, I mean, the thing is that and you guys can probably pick this up from the interview for the, for the listeners, but you speak with such conviction because when you're making a recommendation for someone, it is truly what you feel is in the best interest for that person. And you have a, an interesting position that you found yourself in, because unlike a lot of the other people in any of those disciplines you mentioned, you kind of have that situation where to, you know, to the man with a hammer, every, everything looks like a nail, right? So you, you're able to be making the right recommendation, both within the discipline that you were training originally, but also knowing, okay, of all these different flavors of what I do, this is what we can do to make the right package and get the different things in place that will truly get some of the outcome. And I'll also point something else too you know, kind of even going back to that conversation you're having about your goals and your dreams, it's like, you have to be in touch with that to be in touch with that with other people. And I think you're probably able to connect with the folks that find themselves in a consultation at a completely different level that, you know, people that don't necessarily have this breadth of experience are able to have. Yeah. And I tell you what, and what also helps, and, and I found this, it's now probably even easier for me to and look, and I, I'm going to use the word, and I know attorneys will cringe when I use this word, but it's easier for me to sell today than it was 20 years ago. Yeah, a lot has to do with experience, but a lot has to do with, again, our process and what we do. Because, you know, again, when I'm sitting down with a potential client, look, I'm not trying to sell them a document. I'm not trying to sell them a power of attorney or a will. I'm presenting to them a comprehensive estate plan. We call them SEPs. And again, we're identifying the problems that are important to the client. And we just go down through one, two, three, four, five, six, you know, figure out what their goals are, what is keeping them up at night, and then give them the solutions. And at the end of the day, I mean, who's going to say no to trying to solve the problems that we've already identified, which is going to cost, if we don't solve them, it's going to cost their family thousands or tens of thousands or, you know, of dollars. So, you know, this process, and, and I'm so thankful we do this comprehensive estate planning because then that separates, you know, us from our competition because, you know, in Pittsburgh, there are other larger law firms that may do uh, similar advising just in terms of from the legal perspective. But to my knowledge, I don't think there's anyone that, that does this comprehensive estate planning, meaning doing all the legals and all the financials. And even when I'm doing my presentations and, and we've got back into doing the live seminars again, and they're going well, but, you know, at these presentations, I ask the audience, I say, well, listen, folks, you know, and this is when I'm explaining what comprehensive estate planning is. And I ask the question, hey, folks, do you think I can solve all your problems through the use of just legal documents? And I pause and everyone, I see some people saying, you know, no, yes. And I say, well, no, I can't. I can't solve all your problems through use of just legal documents. Then I'll ask the question, can I solve all your problems through use of financial plans or insurance products? And the answer is no. So what do we need? We need the best of all of those worlds. And that's what we're able to provide for our clients, comprehensive estate planning. And it's very, very powerful. And, it, and it, it clicks with a lot of people. And, you know, a lot of people may 
come to our seminars or may call up and to, you know, to, to have a breakthrough call uh, in the office, just being concerned about one issue, which may be, oh, Tom, I need a power of attorney or, oh, Tom, hey, I need a will. But then, you know, yes, that's, we could take care of that. But look, it's my job. You know, again, I have a fiduciary responsibility to give the best advice I can to my clients. So I'm going to say, well, hey, look, what about these other issues? And a lot of people don't know, hey, what's this inheritance tax? What's this IRA death tax? You know, oh my God, I didn't know it was, you know, 70% of us are going into a nursing home or, or needing long-term care at some point, you know, in their lifetime. So we believe it's about education. And that's why we co Jim and I, we've co-authored several books. We do these, you know, live presentations. We do, you know, uh, webinars. But the point is, is to educate the general public because an educated client is the best client. And so, you know, it's my desire. Look, I said, you know, how I always want to help people and I want to help more people than what I'm currently doing. And, and I said, how can I do that? Well, you know, I had envisioned at one time I wanted to create maybe a national estate planning elder law firm. But I mean, I, I started to look into the logistics. I'm like, well, this is completely insane. I mean, <laughs> and, you know. I thought this may be, I don't want to say impossible, but it would be extremely difficult. And then, you know, and this may tie into a little bit about the company that I've created here, Comprehensive Estate Planning Professionals or SEPPROs for short. But I said, well, how can I help more people? But also, how can I help attorneys do what I do? And because, look, I know, and especially with COVID, you know, a lot of uh, estate planning attorneys who would generate a lot of their business through seminars like Jim and I did. COVID crushed us. Okay. I mean, it hurt our business dramatically. I will tell you that during, you know, COVID, we didn't make hit our seven figure number. I mean, we were pretty close, but the bottom line is we weren't even close to our previous numbers. But the bottom line is I know that there were a lot of attorneys hurting. I know there was a lot of attorneys that were being taken advantage of with various marketing companies saying, hey, call us. We're the gurus to help you generate more business. And you know, the, I think that one of the organizations said on their commercial, the 80s are calling for their seminars back or something like that. And, <laughs> and so, you know, Jim and I, again, we retained a company, didn't work, lost thousands of dollars again during a very strenuous time there of COVID. And I said, well, I've always had this, again, dream of, you know, creating a larger firm, which again, I said that, that a national firm, that's not possible, at least at this time. And I said, and there's all these attorneys that are hurting. What can I do to help more people and actually help attorneys that are in a similar situation? Well, you know, obviously I'm not a marketing guru. That's why I, I'm so thankful and I'm so thrilled that I found you because again, you know, Case Fuel, amazing. It's working great for us. All thumbs up, kudos for that. That's your job, okay, with the marketing and the things. What if, and I said, what if I can help an attorney, can't help them generate more leads, but the point being is I can help them make more money per client. And, you know, and that's by helping attorneys learn how to solve problems through the use of financial products. And, you know, I, I quite honestly, I think it's, it's going to be the way of the future. I mean, I, I think that if lawyers haven't already started to look into this, they should, um, because again, it's going to be a way for you to distinguish yourself from all the other, so, you know, just basic traditional estate planning or elder law attorneys that are out there. Because people love having, I hate to say a one-stop shop, but they love having a one-stop shop. They love being able to pick up the phone and talk to their attorney, financial advisor, insurance agent, you know, all in one place. But again, I've sort of, you know, maybe went sideways there on you a little bit, but. No, it's okay. I mean, we got a lot to go off of for that, for sure. And it's, it's kind of interesting too, because 
it's one of these things I always used to think about that was kind of interesting was just like the future of, of AI and stuff, right? Or just like where do markets tend to go? And they tend to go where situations where things that are commoditized are going to eventually get done by computers. And, you know, if you've been feeling the hurt from LegalZoom in the last four or five years, well, guess what? You probably weren't doing that much sophisticated stuff with your estate planning practice, right? If, if what you were doing was honest, like honest to God, apples to apples comparable with something that somebody can do on their own on five for 500 bucks, then, you know, shame on you for not providing more value at the end of the day, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting too, because I think on some level too, and it's, you know, we actually just came right out in the open, Tom. We used to call, talk about intake on this in this uh, <laughs> on this podcast, but I'm actually following the need for uh, the lead from a friend of mine, Moshe Amsel, who says, you know, screw intake. It's, it's about sales. Just, we should just call it what it is. But um, the truth is the clarity that comes from that is such an opportunity to provide value to clients. That, you know, here's the thing, if we were just sitting around and taking orders and somebody says, I want a will and you give them a will, then yeah, why you're not better than legal. I'm sorry, you want to wait until somebody, but your job as somebody for and I'm, I'm just uh, getting up on my soapbox here, but it's like, if you have the expertise, then it's, it's your job to figure out how to employ that, how to educate people on this stuff and how to create the desires, which is like, you know, I'm going to put this hit this news button on, on the, the whole question process you've come up over the years, Tom, definitely want to get back to that. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it's also true too, because if you think about adding these additional elements and, and getting both more sophisticated within the estate planning itself and adding these other facets to it, then you can really build a much more comprehensive thing. And like, you see this, you know, to the point where it's almost parody at this point. I can't tell you how many, like, I swear to God, there's a legacy law firm or a legacy estate planners in every single state, probably every single county in the US right now. How can you talk about legacy without talking about some of these other options? It's, you know, it's like building somebody a house without a roof or like you know, a door. I don't know, I'm mixing metaphors here, but you get the idea. <laughs> but, um, before I kind of get into this, I want to address this a little bit because, you know, I know that there's some percentage of the people that are listening to this that are throwing up the sign of the cross right now and saying, Tom, that's illegal. How are you doing that? <laughs> I know you guys have done some research, but, um, you know, what's realistically required to, to figure out what's, what's needed to kind of integrate this into somebody's law practice? Look, I mean, it's as simple as picking up the phone and calling your county bar association and, you know, looking at the rules of ethics in your specific state to see what they permit. Now, here in Pennsylvania, I am permitted uh, to hold my insurance license and I am permitted to provide insurance products, but I have to have full disclosure to my clients. They have to know when I'm acting, you know, as the attorney and, and when I'm acting as an insurance professional or financial advisor. Here in Pennsylvania, I am not permitted to be the owner of a RIA, Registered Investment Agency, but I can be an IAR. I, so technically, the money management company, Guardian Capital, I, I'm not an owner in that, but our colleague and friend, Greg, he runs that, and I'm technically, he's my boss, um, <laughs> which I, I hate, but that's okay. <laughs> um, but it, but here's, here's the thing. So you have to look specifically at the rules in your state, and then plus, you know, I will say this, and this is where Jim and I, we're perfect for one another. And, and Jim, he's older than me, and Jim's like my big brother. And I would say Jim is probably one of those attorneys that would be <laughs> like, yeah. like oh, stay away, stay away. Yeah. Look, I'm, you know, he, he does everything by the book, and so do I. I don't want to give the opinion that <laughs> it's I fast and loose, baby. <laughs> uh, look, I, I do not look good in orange or black and white stripes. I mean, blue and white. Blue yeah, and blue and white works. Uh, I think it's a good, it's a good it look. Works, but black, and, black and white, eh. So I, I wouldn't last in prison. But the bottom line is, we took it a step further. We got an opinion letter 
uh, drafted uh, by your law firm out of Philadelphia. And the attorney that actually wrote the opinion was on the ethics board for a number of years. So, you know, I have that. We have that in our back pocket. But the, here's the bottom line. As long as you're disclosing to the clients and you're doing what is right to knock on wood, I've been doing this for so long. Look, I'm not advising my clients to do, you know, something that's insanely risky. Look, my, you know, if you're an estate planning elder law attorney, your clients are what? They're retirees, you know. So I will say this. And this is just my own personal opinion. And there's, you know, the, those listening or watching, whatever, they could disagree and that's okay. I, I don't care. This is what I believe. But, you know, I believe that as you get older, you should have less and less of your money at risk in the market. And I'm not saying to get all out. You need to have, you know, some money at risk in order to capture some growth. But at the same time, you need principal protection as well. So with our process and, and how we advise our clients, look, I'm talking about getting their monies into safety whether that means just putting their monies, a small portion, you know, in checking, saving CDs, money markets, or maybe we start to talk on the insurance end and we start looking at fixed or fixed indexed annuities. And I know when I say the A word annuities, I know there's going to be still people going, oh, Tom, you're, you're wrong. No, I'm not wrong. And I am absolutely not. I mean, there's, and I don't want to give a lesson here today, but like briefly, there's four types of annuities, immediate, fixed, fixed index, and variables. And the ones where you hear horror story about, those are the variable annuities. And who sells the variable annuities? Typically the brokers, the money managers. They're high commissions. They got fees. You know, you're still subject to market volatility. Your account value can go up and down. And look, if I didn't have, and I, I'll be careful how I'm going to say this. I was going to say if I didn't have morals. But if I didn't have a fiduciary responsibility, I'd already be a billionaire because I would have, <laughs> I'd, I'd start selling, I would have been selling variable annuities from day one because the commissions on those things are so crazy high. It's not even funny, but it's not, at least for our clients, it's not the right avenue to take. But again, if you're looking at fixed, you're looking at fixed index annuities. And again, some of those are questionable, but there's a lot out there. You have to do your homework, you have to do your research. And this is where I believe this is another distinction of what I do. We're independent. So I'm not locked into one company and a rep for one company only selling their products. I'm independent. So we do our homework. We do our research. We find out which are the best companies. And I'm not working with some, you know, low-end insurance company. We're working with large insurance companies. But again, with each category, again, whether it's an annuity or life insurance, there's different categories, but not all, you know, fixed annuities are the same or not all variable annuities are fixed indexed or not all life insurance is the same. So the point being is you have to do your homework, you have to do your research, and quite honestly, it could be overwhelming because there are thousands of products that are out there. But the bottom line to bring this back in a little bit, so again, you or attorneys that are interested in this, I mean, and this is something that I, within SEP Pros, I'm going to help them figure out the rules in their state. I already have some contacts with some attorneys that, look, I could probably find an answer fairly quickly for them. But again, you have to check with the bar. Make sure you're doing what's right. And look, and I know there's some states, for example, in Maryland, if you're practicing in Maryland, you can't even recommend or offer insurance products to your clients. But again, there are ways. And, and again, for those attorneys that want to offer comprehensive you know, estate plans for their clients, hey, guess what? You may not be able to get your insurance license and recommend the product. Hey, maybe you can make an introduction to your client too someone like myself or, you know, another, you know, advisor that, that handles that and still help your clients solve that particular problem. Does that make sense, John? Yeah, absolutely. And I want it because, you know, I think we've talked about a few of these over the, the years, but like basically to kind of 
boil it down to brass tacks, like the kind of outcomes that you're able to get for individual clients. If you have any like like awesome stories for for savings that you're able to get people or, or great situations you're able to have, can you think of any that come to mind in terms of like something that you're able to do with this kind of enhanced set of moves that you weren't able to do with just getting the legal documents in place? So, Jan, okay, so here's here's a few examples. And look, Jim and I, we have a passion, again, not just for traditional estate planning, wills, trusts, and power of attorneys, but we also deal with elder law issues. So again, since more and more people are ending up going into requiring long-term care services, we have a program that's called Don't Go Broke. It's literally, I, I think it's just amazing. So this is for clients. And again, you have to be the right age, the right health, and have the right amount of wealth. But the bottom line is, we ask our clients three questions. Number one, if you got sick, and Jan, I'm going to ask you, so Jan, if you got sick and you needed some type of care, where would you want to receive your care? At home, in an assisted living facility, or in a full-blown nursing home? Let me go with that home. Okay, very good. Because no one's like, hey, Tom, send me to the nursing home. <laughs> I love bingo. I'm a big bingo guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, and especially with COVID. I yeah. mean, my, with COVID, my phone was ringing off the hook. Tom, how do we stay out of the nursing home? Yeah, because it was a death sentence me. two years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we shouldn't be laughing. Yeah, sorry, but I yeah. mean, it was a sad, sad situation. But the, but the bottom line is, yeah, no one, no one wants to go there. Even before COVID, no one was knocking down my door saying, yeah, Tom, help me get in there. So yeah. the bottom line is, look, how do we help you stay home? Well, look, I, there's no special trust. There's no special legal documents that I can create. But look, we can look at your financial assets and we could say, well, okay, so you, Jan, you want to stay home. And then we'll just say that right now, and this is statistics and numbers for Pennsylvania. So for in-home care right now, the costs are probably between 50 to $70,000 a year. Assisted living is probably about the same, depending upon where you go. If you need full-blown nursing home skilled care, you're looking at about 115000 to 130000 But again, Jan, you want to stay home. So the average day, you know, it's going to vary as to how long you're going to require care, you know, in Pennsylvania, or I shouldn't say in Pennsylvania, but for us guys, we typically on average need care, uh, maybe two and a half to three years, the ladies, they need care 3.7 to four years, heaven forbid, if you develop a form of dementia, you know, you may need care between two to 20 years. But the bottom line is, you know, if you're spending 50, 60, $70,000 a year, and look, you may have a large enough estate where you could just pay that. But if you're just paying that, where's that money coming from? It's either coming from your checking, savings, you know, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, cash value and life insurance, IRAs. But the bottom line is, at least for most of my clients here in Western Pennsylvania, a lot of the wealth is, has been accumulated in their IRAs or 401ks, their qualified monies, their retirement plans. So, you know, the, the question is, John, look, Yes, you can take this money out of your IRA or out of your savings and spend dollar for dollar for your care. But what if I could show you a better way to use that money, to leverage that money, to create a pool designed to create monthly benefits to pay for your long-term care, meaning your in-home care, assisted living, or full-blown skilled care for the rest of your life. You won't go broke. And if you never, ever need nursing home care, if you're not part of the 7% that needs long-term care, you're not 30% that never needs care, and you pass away peacefully at home in your bed, what if I told you there could be a tax-free death benefit that gets passed on to your family? Is that something that we should pursue? That sounds pretty cool. It sounds pretty cool. So the, the point being is, you know, we do this for clients and depending upon age, health, and wealth, you know, typically, and look, a downside, you have to be on the, you know, higher net worth side. But look, what if I said, hey, let's peel off, I don't know, $200,000 from your IRA, put it over into our don't go broke strategy. 
that's going to create a pool of funds that would generate about $8,000 a month for, again, in-home care, assisted living, or skilled care. And, Jan, and again, I'm, we don't want to get into personal. I know you're not married, but let's pretend you're married. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll say your wife, your wife, you know, you get sick first. It's paying out $8,000 a month for you. But then a year later, your wife gets sick. What's it going to pay for your wife? Well, it's going to pay $8,000 a month for her as well. And how long does it pay? It pays for your lifetime. But again, if you don't, neither of you ever need care. And you pass away peacefully at home in your bed one night. Well, guess what? There's going to be a tax-free death benefit. And again, based upon your age, maybe it's $225,000, maybe it's two fifty. dollars But again, this is not, and for those thinking, oh, this is, sounds like long-term care insurance. It is not traditional long-term care insurance. I don't like traditional long-term care insurance. I think it's a waste of money. They could jack up your premiums, lower your benefits. You're paying for something that you may never, ever use. And I know some of you listening are probably going to say, well, Tom, there's those Cadillac plans from like 15 years ago. Yeah, there were some really awesome long-term care plans, long-term care insurance policies years ago, but they don't exist anymore. So this is not traditional long-term care insurance. It's just, it's a wonderful tool. So again, I do this every day. I, you know, take pill off X amount, you know, maybe my client has a million dollars in their IRA or 800,000 and they have a high income and we pill off 200,000 to take care of their long-term care needs. They're thrilled. Why? Because guess what? I don't have to get into creating those irrevocable trusts or the intentionally defective grantor trust, which are those hybrid, you know, irrevocable trusts and locking up their monies and having somebody else control their assets. No, with this, I could just do a basic estate plan, you know, create their power of attorneys for finance, healthcare, living will, HIPAA, you know, um, create a revocable living trust so that they avoid probate. And then I do this don't go broke strategy. And guess what? They don't have to lock down their monies. They remain 100% in complete control of their assets. And so I have clients every day that are thrilled. So that's one strategy. Another, just briefly, another quick one, you know, here in Pennsylvania, we have a Pennsylvania inheritance tax. Sat down with a the client, uh, their inheritance tax was going to be in the ballpark uh, $50,000. And so I said, look, you have a large enough estate to where when you die, the estate could actually pay the 50 grand. But why on earth would you want to do that? Who wants to pay dollar for dollar for something, especially when it's taxes? So in their case, I created, we set up a life insurance policy and we took $20,000. It was a, it's a single premium, one-time payment. So we took $20,000. We put it into this life insurance policy. It gave a $50,000 death benefit. Now that 20,000 that we gave the insurance company, guess what? The 20,000 didn't go away. That 20,000 goes into an account that is growing anywhere between two and a half to 3%. And I know that's, you know, some may say, oh, only two and a half, three. Well, look, it's better than what you're getting at the banks. Okay. But the point is it's completely liquid anywhere between the end of the first year or the second year, based upon your age, but it's completely liquid at the end of the second year. So if you needed that money, we can take the, you know, take the $25,000, you know, 20, 20 grand back out of it, use it for yourself. But if you don't need it and you pass away, then there's a $50,000 tax-free death benefit. And that 50 grand could go to pay for the inheritance tax. And what do we do? We reduced the amount of the tax owed because of that inheritance tax with 50 grand, the life insurance death benefit is 50 grand, but we only paid 20 for it. Was there a savings there, Jan? Big time. Yeah. Yeah, big time. You know, and so, and, and look, and I have had, uh, look, and for the record, I have to tell everyone watching this look, life insurance is king. There's nothing on the planet that beats it, period. And I know that there are some that are, oh, you don't know what you No, I know what I'm talking about. And, and I'm not talking about traditional life insurance. I call traditional life insurance death insurance. And I understand traditional. Death insurance, it doesn't benefit you. It benefits somebody else. 
there are these life insurance policies, just like the one I mentioned. It's like a long-term, it's a savings account with a tax-free death benefit. Who wouldn't have one of those? I don't care how old you are. Who, who wouldn't want to have one of those? I mean, it's a no-brainer. Um, and I, look, I have a client put $1.4 million you know, into this life insurance policy I just talked about. Now, look, my client, believe it or not, she was 85 years old. And because the and I could get and she was in great health, I could get this policy up to age 85. But here's the bottom line. No, she didn't have, you know, two and a half or three million dollars of a death benefit. Her death benefit, believe it or not, her death benefit was only like one point eight million or something like that. But the point being is we turned one point four million that was taxable. You know, we saved the inheritance tax and we added on four hundred thousand dollars of tax free money onto it. So, again, ta- look, I hate taxes. And life insurance is one way to do that. But we have some other strategies. We have a smart plan. And this is for younger clients to where you put your money into these programs and your money grows tax-free. So that in the future, you have tax-free retirement income. You could do self-banking where you can, you know, buy vacation homes, rental properties, automobiles, and, you know, and it's all tax-free, tax-free money. So, you know, the bottom line is, look, there, I can go on with examples of we're leveraging money to help pay for long-term care needs, to help reduce or eliminate taxes. You know, the, this IRA death tax that we have now in the SECURE Act, again, with the don't go broke strategy, yes, we're dealing with the long-term care issue, but if we can use IRA monies, we're dealing with that, you know, IRA death tax as well. So, and I know a lot of this sounds confusing maybe to, to some of the listeners out there, but look, you don't, you don't have to have all this memorized. You don't have to do it all at once. Again, you could do this over a period of time and in steps and stages. Yeah. And I'll say this too. I mean, Tom, this is all like fantastic examples too, but like, I, I just want to point out the fact that the listeners, it's just like, you know, it's when you have more options, it's almost like you're able to think in three dimensions when other people might only be able to construct one. And when it comes to designing an outcome, like this is kind of the block and tackle stuff we talk all about in times in terms of consultation, whether it's estate plans or anything else, you have to start from the needs and you have to build something that fits it together. And the more tools you have, you know, you can get pieces that fit a lot better with people's outcomes. So I do want to say with one really huge caveat, and this is to segue it, right? They have to be the right tools and you have to make sure that none of them are going to get you to lose your license or lose your reputation by doing the wrong thing. So um, right. I, mean, I think it's a pretty good transition just to say too, like, you know, let's talk a little bit more about the program that you have, you've been thinking of and like, you know, what's, what's kind of your vision for where you want to help get people and, and how you want to help them? So look, as I, started to say a little earlier, and then I think I got sidetracked. I wanted to start this national law firm. And I said, well, hey, that may not be possible. But I found something that may even be better than that. And and I thought of this concept, comprehensive estate planning professionals, or step pros for short. And look, I just feel that they're, especially with COVID, and I'm a part of a few coaching groups. And number one, I see a lot of attorneys that are hurting. Okay, they're hurting to make a living. A lot of them were struggling, uh, again, not being able to do their live seminars. And I said, well, boy, you know, if I can help these attorneys that are struggling make a few thousand dollars more per case to help them stay in business so that they can continue to help people in their community, I need to start this. And I've been dragging my feet, dragging my feet. And look, I want to give kudos to you. You've been a tremendous, you know, mentor and, you know, and, and a friend to help push me to, to take steps because look. And I will admit this, look, I'm a dreamer. I have big dreams, but sometimes I, I'm not the most perfect implementer. <laughs> and even Jim, even my partner, Jim will attest to that. But the bottom line is I said, hey, look, I have to do this because if I don't do this now, turn in 50 this year, next thing you know, I'm going to be 65, 70, and I'm going to be regretting 
not doing this. So I just pulled the trigger and I said, look, I'm going to create this company, Set Pros, and I want to work with other like-minded attorneys. And we're going to start with attorneys first, and I'm going to teach them how to do what I do. And, you know, eventually, and, and for the record, I think that any attorney can do this if you have the desire and you're willing to, to learn and, and to listen. I, I think, you know, any attorney could do this, but in full disclosure, I'm going to be very selective as to who I work with. You know, there's the, you know, interviewing, you know, the potential candidates in, and we'll see if, if it's going to be a good fit. But then eventually the vision is to say, hey, look, you know, I'll expand this out to work with other financial professionals, maybe to work with other, get into educating CPAs um, across the country. So technically this could be like a network uh, to where, hey, Yon, you know, you're, you're an attorney, you're down there in Texas, you want to learn how to do comprehensive estate planning. And look, and I know there's going to be some attorneys that, you know, they may want to go all in and try to do everything. There are some that may like the idea of trying to help their clients solve all these various problems but maybe they don't want to do it themselves. So the point being is, at first, I'm going to be there to, to be able to help them you know, through the process. And as it grows and expands, then who knows, maybe there's another, if you're an attorney, maybe there's a set professional financial advisor that's in your area that I'll you know, connect the dots there and form a connection between the two. But again, the ultimate goal uh, for me is to help attorneys you know, live a better lifestyle, live their dream, and, you know, the bottom line has always been, you mentioned this earlier, the bottom line is to help the clients. And I just think that there, unfortunately, there are so many estate planning elder law attorneys that are dropping the ball and they're not fully committed to helping their clients solve the problems. But for those that want to do that, that's this company is all about. Okay, awesome. And I'll also kind of say this too. So we were talking about getting this episode together. It was kind of interesting because we were like kind of debating when we were going to record this because, you know, the truth is, and you can kind of gather from what Tom was saying there, it's like, you know, it's not fully fleshed out. This is not like, you know, uh, sign up, add to cart, uh, $20,000, buy now, installment payments, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like the stage you're at, and I think it's really cool because, you know, I think we want to revisit this at some point to see how things kind of progress. But um, yeah, no, this is this is sort of a, an interesting thing too. And then just as far as um, people who might be interested, like, what are you thinking is probably like a good way to, to kind of get the ball rolling? Listen, for anyone that is interested, number one, you can email me. And for the record, I hate email. So this is killing me. <laughs> but, but, but listen, you can, you can email me at Tom at SB Legacy. That's S as in boy, or forgive me, S as in Sam, B as in boy, Legacy, L-E-G-A-C-Y. So Tom at SBLegacy.com. And actually, to be honest with you, if you want to CC my administrative assistant, her email is Michelle. M-I-C-H-E-L-E-1-L. So Michelle at SB Legacy. And then that way, if by chance I happen to miss it, she always picks it up on that. But just email me there. And from there, I'll get you contact information. Uh, or you can actually just call my office directly. I'm going to give out my firm's number. So 724-934-5044. Again, 724-934-5044. Ask for Michelle or she's at extension 115. And, you know, obviously she'll be anticipating receiving some calls and then we can, you know, set up a time to chat and see how I can help you. And if, if we're going to be a good match. Okay. Super cool. And we'll get all that stuff in the show notes for everyone who's, you know, in the, the car or something like that. Do not, you know, you don't have to pull over and, and uh, risk that to, to get this visual <laughs> make it accessible. Um, and also I have to apologize in advance for everyone who's listening to this in like 2024 when uh, the Sears tower has been renamed the, uh, the set pros tower. 
and you missed it on the <laughs> ground floor. But anyways, for everyone who's listening to this in 2022, I uh, highly recommend, and again, I, I know this is probably not uh, hiding this too well, but I, you know, I, I really like what Tom's been doing. We're super good friends, and I, like, I can't recommend this uh, wholeheartedly enough. Yeah, thank you, Jan. I Listen, I appreciate it. And again, this is, I have a few attorneys I'm that have reached out to me already that, that I'm going to be working with, so it's exciting times. Then again, this small group that I'm going to be starting with, uh, as you said, it's almost like a beta group. And then uh, we're going to build this thing and grow it out. And hey, look, hopefully the dream is to have, you know, attorneys in every state and everyone doing a comprehensive estate planning. Awesome. Okay, Tom, thank you so much for taking the time. To, and again, I, I think this is a, it's a good mission for the world. I think it's a good mission for anyone that's going to be involved in this. And like, like you said, at the end of the day, you know, it's a great thing for the client too. You know, one of the things we always get, like, I think, talk about the team all the time too. And it, it shocks people when I have to tell new case school employees this. Hey, do you know that the thing that we're trying to help people do this 60% of people in America are dealing with right now? And it's, you know, it's, it's become kind of a crusade, but like, honestly, it's like, you know, it, not only getting it done, but getting done right is a huge important thing. And I mean, the truth is it's really hard to stay in business if you're just scraping by, like, you know, the people that are making profit and doing well in this are able to make an impact. And it's like, I feel like there's this you know, somewhat misguided situation where it's like people are almost, you know, running a, a I made this joke before. There's a lot of people that are running pro bono practices that don't realize it. <laughs> you know, yeah. Just, just, no, <laughs> and, no, look, and, yeah, Jan, we, we were, when, when Jim and I first started, <laughs> we were, I mean, I think my first revocable living trust package that I sold, uh, my God, I think it may have been, I don't know, maybe it was like 1100, like 1125 or 1250 or something like that. And yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking, I, I look back, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, what was I doing? Yeah. You know? But no, it's so important because like, you know, once you not, and when you arm yourself with the knowledge, it's just, that's, that's sort of the thing too. And like, this is something that, you know, I didn't like, you, you mentioned this kind of in passing Tom too, but like, you know, a big part of the reason that you're there is that you've taken the time and, and the energy and the investment and all this stuff to get to the point where you're really moving the needle forward on this stuff. So just, you know, if, if anyone's kind of resonated with the example that Tom's provided here again, you know, do us. Just, just a thought, but anyways, Tom, thanks again for um, taking the time. And I really, really appreciate this interview. It was, it was interesting to have a conversation in this format. I'm sure it won't be the last time. And for everybody else, I will see you guys next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Eastern on the Law Firm Growth Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. For show notes, free resources, and more, head on over to casefuel.com slash podcast. Looking forward to catching up on the next episode.